If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. And now, now, it's the Mike Kelter Show. Nine oh five on the Mike Kelter Show. It's one oh two five the bone in the studio with us. One of our oldest radio friends. <laughs> Seriously, I mean we've been friends a long time with Steve Byrne. Yeah. Radio buddies. We are radio buddies, not off the air. We never talk to each other off nope, the air. Hate him off the air. Yeah, off the air is <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Steve Byrne was the only guy nice enough to put us in his TV show. Yeah, Bert's got true. movies and put me in his movie. Didn't, didn't put, put me you in. in out no, and nothing. No. I got nothing out of that. Um, <sighs> yeah, you're so, a welcome company. That's okay. Yeah, I, I uh, appreciate it. I um, God, why was your brother? We were talking about your brother recently. Uh, it was uh, what's his name, Josh Wolf. What about him? Josh Wolf was doing something. Was For it in Vegas? Brother. Was it in For Vegas? My brother? Yeah, I don't remember. Your brother, uh, your brother holds a place in my heart because he, when we went to Sullivan and Son, would be the guy who would take care of us all He's the time. Stage manager, go. yeah. But also because what's his name? Your brother, uh, Will. Person? Will. Yeah. Will is in my phone uh, on right above another Will. Yeah. And every time I would call that Will, I'd call your brother by accident. And he'd go, <laughs> are you looking for Will Byrne? Because this is Will Byrne. I go, ah, sorry, Will, I did it again. I seriously must have called <laughs> him like five times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, Josh Wolf was talking about doing something, getting something for your brother or did something with your brother. Yeah, because he said, because Steve's brother, and he goes, because he was in the military. And we're like, yeah, no, we know him. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I forget what we're it was. We're the worst at remembering yeah. things. Oh. I don't know. I, I mean, Josh Wolf is the nicest guy in the world. I like Josh a lot. Could be one of the sweetest human beings I, I've ever met. Do you and know he happens he, to be a comic? He does his thing with his son now. Yeah, and uh, he came in and he brought his son in, and I went, "Oh, brother!" But I actually, I, I like the kid. He was good on the air, and I watched some of the stuff they do live, and it's yeah. good too. I think it's a, that. It's if you're a father. Uh, and your son's of that age, and you could find something to oh, do yeah. with him and make it cool. That's that's how you, you don't care if you're famous anymore. Now you just want to spend oh. time with your kid. They they have like an open dialogue, like Segura and Christina. Yes. Like they're just completely like whoa. Yeah. Like there's no inhibitions whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I I was like, all right, let's bring Josh Wolf. He was out there, and he wasn't coming in. I looked out the door, and he was bent over, and I'm like, are you doing? Did you just bump a line out there? It looked like he snorted a line of coke. And he was like, no, no, I'm just getting my coffee off of this thing. And then his son came in, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know your son was here. I wouldn't have accused right. you of doing cocaine in my lobby. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he was cool. So how have you been? Good. By the way, have you ever yeah. seen, have you ever seen like, like Josh Wolf with, you know, every now and then he takes his shirt off? I mean, that dude is, it looks like the Batman suit. Yeah, he's. Like, be- like before they paint it, like spray painted right. black. Yeah. I mean, it's like the dude is completely yoked, and he's a grandpa. Yeah. That's he's pretty... like Robert Kennedy Jr. of like comedy. Yeah. He's like completely <laughs> jacked. Uh, yeah, that's hard for you guys to do. I think. Uh, I mean, you obviously you look the same since we've known you, but <laughs> guy to maintain that uh, that physique in that yeah. position where you're traveling all the time and eating. 
on the road and stuff. That's a hard gig to yeah, do. Yeah, but think about it. If you really wanted to, you have so much downtime in yeah, the well, day. Well, somebody who doesn't want to, well, <laughs> yeah, it's hard for you to think Like, about if it, yeah. you were motivated to do it, you're always at a hotel that probably has a gym, yeah. you know? Right. And you could order whatever food you Who would have ever thought, like, Bobby Kelly would be the skinny one and Burt would still be, like, <laughs> with all the success Burt has, yeah. like, Bobby's the one that got it together. Burt can't you, be skinny now. Do you, Bert's, no, it would ruin it. Yeah, but I gotta tell you though, Bird is. He'd be the Rebel Wilson of. It's like, well, what happened? Yeah, he's not so. Take cool your anymore. show, Doc. Come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Rebel. He he looks. He he looks like my wife will look at him and she'll be like, "Oh, that's not good." Like Bobby? She no, no, no. At at Bert. Oh, Bert's because Bert's got alcoholic belly. He's fat, well, but not from I, food. <laughs> he's got red, hard, alcoholic belly. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it anymore. It just, you, every now and then you see a picture, you're like, <sighs> yeah, know, he's uh, more Asian I than you him? are now. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he got Asian face from me. He's being... getting North Korean dictator face. <laughs> like, all he needs is the haircut to, like, yeah, he needs to go yeah, to supercuts yeah. and just shave uh, the sides, the Rosie O'Donnell. To Bird's credit, though, I called him last week, answered on the first ring. Yeah. Hey, dude, what's up? And I went, all right, still friends. Still, still not friends. In the movie, though. You know, listen, they didn't film the movie in Detroit. They filmed it in Kazakhstan or where the sure, hell he was, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. He did say to me, though, he called me up and he goes, where was that? What country was it? S- not Serbia. Uh, was it Serbia? No. I think was it Serbia? Serbia. Serbia. Right. Serbia yeah. So he called me up and he was like, dude, I'm in this house. I got like this 10,000 square foot house and there's like three of us here and I'm bored because I'm here for the next six months. You should come out here and and hang out. And I was like, you know what? We're in the pandemic. I'm going to go to Serbia. You do a good Kreischer whisper. Because for some reason, 80% of the thing, 80% of your conversation will be in a whisper. And it's like, why are we whisper? You're the loudest. Because it's secret time. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. Whisper is serious, Bert. Whisper is serious. Steve? Um, It's like a whisper with urgency, though. Yeah, like, I want you to be on my tour, but... Uh, I only want you to do three shows, and then we're going to replace you at Fortune Feimster. Like, <laughs> like he, he's afraid you're going to get mad at whatever you're saying. I don't know. Um, I, did you go to the premiere? No. I did. Not invited. <gasps> oh, really? really? Yeah, no. Because there were some scales there. There were some what? There were some people way below you there. <laughs> <laughs> Not invited? Well, well, you know, his manager is probably in charge of... Of the of the list. So, oh, she yeah. didn't like you. I don't know. She's well, weird. clearly not. Yeah. She, if she didn't invite <laughs> you, because she invited everybody else. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Wow. I, I saw I saw the pictures. I was like, well, but you know, at, at the same time, it's like I'm just, you know, you're happy for somebody in that situation. It's like I know you don't care about like that stuff. No, it's so funny is that uh, I am I am I keep telling Calvin <laughs> you don't <laughs> you just don't. <laughs> I'm genuinely so happy and proud of Bird's success because yeah. I know. I know where he was, and I know what he's done to get there. And sure. I, which, by the way, he's a dick. You know me; I'm not an emotional guy. Bobby's number one beef with me is that he says I love you, and I never say it back. I'm not that emotionally connected guy, <laughs> right? But I sent Bert a super nice text the other day, and he did not even respond to it. That a hole. Mm. I sent a bird a text because and I could share it with you. Are you sure you didn't send it to Steve's brother? <laughs> <laughs> I sent him a text, and I said. It was him and uh, Georgia and Isla and and his wife Leanne. They were surfing somewhere or doing somewhere. They went to Italy or something with pictures. 
Are they surfing and, with like Tony Hawk in Maui? Yeah, it was like yeah. something like that. So uh, I, how are you? Uh, I'm at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> but I sent him a text and I said, I just looked at these pictures of you and your daughters on vacation and from the summer of this tour because they're on the tour sure. with them. And I said, and I think of all the times that you used to call me and you were depressed because you were wondering if you were being away from them too much and being a bad father. Right. And I said, now you get to enjoy your success with them and they see how hard you work to get where you are. That's sure. got to be a great feeling. You know, it worked. It all yeah. worked out. I think that's the biggest. Uh, that that that's the hardest thing to pull off, right? Yeah. Is the dichotomy between like giving enough personal time to your family, but also professionally giving it your Everything. all to make sure yeah. you're. Because I think that the toughest thing to do in the business is to achieve any rung up the ladder. Once you get that rung up the ladder, you'll fight for everything to to stay there, right? Yeah, and. Uh, so that's that's his next challenge, I think, is to is to maintain that relevance at that peak level. Sure, uh, and it's it's very difficult. It's, it's extremely hard. Do you, you put f- your uh, family in your last special at the end there. Uh, yes, last late night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean that, that's the whole. That was the whole point of the whole special too. Yeah. Was like, you know, not taking yourself too seriously, but also like establishing like the importance of family and everything else. And I, I just did like the uh, Grand Ole Opry two weeks ago, and I had my kids come out. And did like a little karaoke, and they st- they stood on that circular part that was the original stage, yeah, yeah, part yeah. of the new Opry. And um, what great experiences! They'll not know it now, but they'll they know when no they're clue. older. Yeah, no clue. Yeah. But 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 my buddy took a great picture, and they're right in the middle, and I'm in the audience goofing off and just ruining somebody's night, probably dumping <laughs> yeah. on. And I was like, wow, that's that's gonna be cool. Like in. Six years, my daughter will be going with her high school friends to a show right. at the Opry, be like, oh, I, I stood I was there. there. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, 11 and 7, so... Can I give you some parenting advice? S- keep him away from Kevin Spacey? It's <laughs> just the boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remind them now yeah. how cool you are. <laughs> yeah, don't let them ever cool forget. I am. Yeah, yeah. But I, you, you, I mean, you have, you're a gatekeeper. You, you got, you got the key to a, a lot of great experiences. Not, well, right? Nothing I have my son is interested in unless I send him to go to hip-hop concerts which is just me buying tickets from Ticketmaster. Right, so nothing right. that I have keys to is impressing my son. There, there hasn't been one thing like you. you I mean, there were the. the you want to know what it is? You're going and... to vomit right now. You ready? Yeah. My son was very excited to meet Matt Reif. Guys, it was a pleasure being here yeah. today. No, I was, by I was the way, on the, the phone, nicest, one of the nicest guys. I was on the phone with Bobby while I was in L.A. and yeah. I go out of all the people at the premiere, Mark Hamill and everybody else there. Guess who Joey was most excited to meet and bobby goes who and <laughs> by the way that's bobby right there. Who? who it wasn't bobby yeah and i go tell him joe and he goes matt rife and bobby hung up <laughs> <laughs> but matt rife i mean that the guy against matt rife he's great complete hustler yeah did the work and just because he's handsome everybody's mad at him i i i don't know i get i get happy when i see something like that i, I, I get happy when you see somebody like just break through like that to such an overwhelming degree of just like the industry. The anytime you tell the industry like the gatekeepers to to f off, it's like he did it all on his, on own. his own. And yeah. I love yep. stories like that. Yeah, ah, look, I'm good. This kid with rolling out this tour and it's selling out before any of the show. I mean, that's great. Every comic saw, saw that and was like, "Should I go to the gym?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was a, my buddy uh, Gatto. Gatto went to go see him like two nights ago and posted a picture. And he's standing next to Matt Wright. It's like, 
you you're not even the same species. Yeah, he's like Gatto looks like when you imagine Staten Island and and you shut your <laughs> eyes, like you would picture like Gatto, all the pieces of Staten Island together. Yeah. And then Joe, Joe Gatto jacked. looks like a possum, though. So when you <laughs> yeah. put him when you put him next to a beauty like Matt Reif, it's hard to make Joe look even any better. He's a older, hairy yeah, possum. Yeah. How is it you became friends with those guys? I love those guys. They're the nicest human beings, and which is think... weird for feral fags because they're usually not all. Uh, they all well, went you run to... into them. Yeah, well, you yeah, should point they... out yeah. impractical jokers for yeah, people who don't. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. I mean... They they all went to my rival uh, high school, Monsignor Farrell, which was all boys, so we used to call them feral fags all the time. Uh, but did you say uh, that on the air? No. But, uh, like, I don't mean it, though. That's just what we did call him in the 80s. Right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anytime I get an actor or somebody that I know went to Farrell, I go, hey, what's up, Farrell fag? And they have no idea that it's coming. They're like, how do you know about that? Right, right. Uh, but I, uh, Sal, Joe, uh, uh, Murr, they've all been on the show, and right. they're all great guys. The nicest. I don't think people realize how famous they are. Like, you go out in public with any of them. It ruins their show. Any of them. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. They get popped everywhere. Every single... And I always say it's like going out with the Beatles, but four Ringos. (laughs) But those guys, our shows premiered at the same time. So when Jokers was coming out, Sullivan was coming out, we were both at a TBS event, and we both were at the bar, and we just started getting kind of hammered together, Uh like Sal and I and... uh, and Gatto doesn't drink at all, which I had no idea. And years later, Gatto's the craziest one of all of them. I mean... He goes out. The show is... He doesn't need cameras. He'll trip over stuff at the airport. Uh-huh. You walk through the airport, he'll trip over somebody's bag and, like, blame them and hold the bag and give it... It's like, dude, who are you doing this yeah, for? I, it's like Bert. Bert. I always tell people, and people... I did a documentary thing where they asked me about Bert, and I said, mm-hmm. Bert goes into a urinal and pulls his pants all the way down to his ankles <laughs> and his shirt all the way up to his nipples right. by himself. Just to do it. Just to do it, because only one other guy is going to walk in if he walks in... And the only one to get the laugh out of it is Bert. Those are those are that you can't teach that to somebody. That's got to be inside no. you. It's a special thing, and Gatto has it in spades. And yeah. and so I, I, I we just met, and over the years we would just crisscross on the road with tours because I was always out with like Roy and Owen and Ahmed, right. and those guys were out, and we just meet up and we'd have these crazy adventures. And I remember one night we went to Denny's and. And we were smashed, and Q, Q and I ordered everything on the menu. <laughs> Just one of those things. And, and, and Murray, of course, was at another Denny's. He went to the wrong Denny's. Uh-huh. So he always seems to be that guy. But, <laughs> but they're, they're just the greatest dudes ever. And, and I just, they asked me to open for him recently, and we came across, <laughs> do you know Dixon Dallas? That country music song that's kind of like making the rounds? Dallas, yeah. <laughs> so we, we heard a little sliver. And it, and, and it became our whole weekend. And this guy does a song about, uh, it's like a really sweet country song. And the chorus is just about getting drilled by your boyfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets really in-depth. But it's also like super catchy. And so we just, we keep texting each other the pictures of the guy. And then we, <laughs> Q's like, is this guy gay? I'm like, is he gay? Have you heard the lyrics? <laughs> but then we, we went down the rabbit hole on him because uh, you're traveling four or five hours to each gig or whatever and learn that he just does this as a goof. Right, right, right. And he's actually like a really talented musician, but he 
we we saw it and we were completely duped. We thought, oh, this this is real. Yeah, I love guys like that. They struggle their whole life to be a real serious musician. They want to be the next. Then they write one parody song, and now now they're that guy. That's, That's what they it, have yeah. to do for the rest of their life. And then he did a rap after it. It wasn't as catchy, but I mean, he's 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 pretty dark. If you hear the song, it's called "Good Looking." Uh-huh. It is catchy as hell. And it is, uh, <laughs> it's also, it's just hilarious. All I mean, right, you're, all you're right. Dixon Dallas, I listen to I'm it. here to promote someone yeah. else's yeah. tune, yeah. Uh, Steve Byrne is here with us. He's going to be at Side Splitters. I will tell you the dates and times that it'll be there. Tonight, uh, 8 and 10, 15, Saturday, 8 and 10, 30, and then Sunday at 7 o'clock. Um, Steve has got you. Hey, got, he's bouncing on my booty cheeks. Can you say that on the air? Bouncing on my booty cheeks. He's, not, he's sure. bouncing on my booty cheeks, and then it goes south from there. It's, That's it's, why I didn't try to play it because I have yeah. a feeling it's not going <laughs> to. The rest of it won't make it. Play some Wheeler yeah. Walker Jr. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so uh, you now? What did, I forget? Did you live with Colin Jost? Uh, no. No, Did never you lived come with up Colin. with him. Like, what was the, I know you he guys had, are buddies. Colin was opening for him. I saw Steve. Oh, is that what it was? We had a night out. Yeah, yeah. What was that eight years ago? Oh six God. years ago? Something, whatever. Yeah. And uh, uh, Steve was here, and uh, Colin was uh, your opener. This is back when he was just banging tens. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was dating started. the uh, Saturday Night Live girl then. The uh, oh, oh, Nassim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dating her for a minute. Uh, no, I met him through Neil Brennan. Uh, Brennan, good Brennan was doing some. Was uh, we were doing a show together in New York City. He brought Colin. Oh, I, I was doing a show at Gotham, and then I said, "Oh, why don't you go do some time?" He's like, "Oh, he's a writer at SNL." And Colin went up, and I just thought, "Oh, he's really funny." And so after that, I gave him all my dates for the summer. And Colin would come out with me for like three or four summers when he was just a, like a writer or head writer at SNL. Wow! And we became pals from that. So just a, a great dude. Yeah, great I, I like him. He's uh, he's coming here on the twenty fourth, I think, to the Hard Rock. Another Staten Island guy. Yeah. Another Staten Island guy. But you know what, though? I would. It would have been more likely that I knew Sal in Staten Island than Colin. Because uh, Colin went to, I go, when we had him on the air last time, I go, there's no way you went to a, I go, would you go to Farrell? I go, there's right. no way you went to a public school. And he was like, oh, no, it's worse. I think he went to school in Manhattan. Like he went, yeah, yeah he like a prep school. And yeah. And, oh, my God. I can't yeah. imagine being a kid. Awful. But you know what? If you're doing that, if you can take a double train bus commute at the age of 12 or 14 into the city, you're prepared for anything you do in life after that. Anything yeah. you do after that. Um, but yeah, what a good dude and uh, funny. And I think the two of them together on Saturday, uh, Saturday Night Live, Kim and Che are great. Che, I love Che. Che's been on the podcast before. He's a yeah. funny dude. He's a great hang. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you ever think, I, I consider myself a good drinker. Uh-huh. It's like Che is a sneaky, oh, a really? sneaky one where you're like, oh, my God, I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can hang. So, you know, it, like you hang with him and then you're like seeing people go to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, I think it's time to go. Uh, oh, that's good to know. Uh, Steve Byrne is here with us. Uh, Steve was the first person to put us on television, I believe, the first, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, we invited ourselves. Um, <laughs> I, I ne- I'll never forget, we were, I just sent Galvin a thing yesterday, I wish I had to show you. It was the cast of Cheers, and they went around and they showed how old each member of, of the cast was when they did it. When they fe- yeah. Frazier was 29. No. When yeah. he's, first the time he oldest was on Cheers, 29 year old. 29 years old because he was losing world. his hair. Really? How old Co- is Ted Danson? Yeah. Ted Danson, when he's doing Cheers, I would say, now, are, are we going from the beginning? Yeah, or like yeah the beginning? first season. Uh, I'd say they were 32. On. 35, yeah. 35, Not yeah. 30, he was 33. 33, okay. 33, yeah. how old was Coach? 
The old man. I'm going to say 55. 54. Really? Yeah, okay. I mean, that's insane. Rhea Perlman was 73. No, Rhea Perlman Perlman was like 34. 30s, yeah. I was going to say late 20s. It's it's insane. You look at that and you're like, how? They're all old people. Yeah. Well, even like the traveling Wilburys. Like, I remember watching those videos as a kid. Like, oh, my God, those guys are so old. It's like, they're just in their 40s. Yeah, they're old now. They just got old now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's like every baseball player in the 70s and football player. I thought they were all like 45, 50 years old. And they were all probably like 20-something or 30. Uh, I was watching Cheers one time when I was a kid. And in the background was Mark and Brian, the two radio morning show hosts from L.A. Mm-hmm. That L.A. were super hot in L.A. And they were like the just the dumbest morning zoo kind of thing. Sure. And there they were sitting there at a table in the back talking to Sam. Uh, no, no lines or anything. And I said to Steve, if if you uh, you continue to do the show about a bar, you got to put us and let us be in the back like Mark and Brian were. Just let us. They right. Steve yeah. said, if we get uh, approved for a season two. We will do that for sure. And the minute we read Variety, we call Steve and go, well, we're we're booking our flights. Well, I'll tell you, if, 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 uh, well, uh, no, I'm doing, you know, there's a strike going on. We're in waivers or whatever, but um, we're ready to go. We're going to be filming. We're we're just casting. On what? uh, This next film I'm doing. Oh, a movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll put you in my film. Oh, oh like well, it. you just moved up I the like front it. notch. Yeah. Bang. So let me ask you, yeah. uh, how hard was it to get your last movie done? Uh, that one went... That was a really good movie. Thank you. It, it, it was one of those things where I wrote it as an exercise to see if I could write something. Because I Sullivan got canceled. You wonder what you do next. Right. I'm like, well, my phone's not ringing. It never has. So it, it, the, only, the only way I work is if I create something on my own. Okay. So. So I wrote the opening act. It was always write about what you know. I, I decided to write about a kid's first time ever going on the road. And I thought that's an exciting way to do it instead of like the typical, like somebody my age is like, you know, your big break or you're looking back. It's like you want to watch a movie about a kid going to Vegas for the first time, yeah. not, you know, leaving Vegas. So, right, right, right. so, so I did it and I just talked about all the things that were new to me as a young comic that were just like the weight of the world is on your shoulders that first week and getting the headliners credits right. Oh, sure. Like going to do morning radio for the first time and bombing in front of everybody but how do you get it how did you get it made so easily like so i wrote it and basically i gave it to vince vaughn a friend right and i said hey can you take a look at this and just see it, it, it is, was this, good. is this decent or whatever and he called me two months later he goes dude i think we could do this i was like what wow never intending never thinking and it all just went super quick and he's like what do you want to do i'm like well i'm too old to be the mc right i'm too old to be the feature act and i'm too young to be the headliner so i'm just happy it's being made man he goes well it's your story why don't you direct it i was like yeah okay and then it's just <laughs> like oh no i gotta learn how to direct and what does he do he produces it so he gets that he gets it to the studio and says i want to make this yeah, independently financed. So, you know, there's two ways you can make a film, right? You can go to the studio route, which is like what Burke did, right? right. Uh, you know, Legendary and Sony get on board. They finance budget, it. Yeah. There you go. Or you go the independent route. It's like you get the script. You get people that are passionate about it, people that finance it. And then you're off to the races. And then you sell it after you're done. So you go to the streamers and studios right, afterwards. Right. Um, can you tell me how much it costs? Two and a half. That's not. That's nothing. Two and a half million. We shot it in 21 days. Um, and for somebody's first time, that's a healthy budget. 
where the stakes aren't too high, but every day we had to make our day. Making your day means everything on that sheet. I had to make sure we filmed it because if we push over... You know, then all of a sudden I'm responsible to talking to financiers going, I'm, I'm a day short. I need more money, yeah. grand or I, I, I would think, though, look, I'm, I would love to sit here and tell you your movie was terrible and make fun of you. <laughs> just as fun. But, but I watch it. It's a great story. The acting is really good. There's a lot of people in it. And uh, it doesn't look like a $2 million movie. I mean, granted, you don't have any lasers or special effects or anything, sure. but it doesn't look like a <laughs> low-budget movie or anything. No, I think, what, I think what, what lends it to giving it production value is um, the fact that when you get to the comedy club, we shot in an actual comedy yeah. club. And when you see, like, Friday and Saturday night, like, because I'm a comic, I know the world, I was able to blast out the Bray Improv in Southern California going... We're filming a movie. Come down, be a part of it. So when when you see those crowd shots, it's it's They're that's real. Crowds, that's yeah. a real crowd. And we treated those shows like they were real shows. I said, let's just film Jimmy doing the set. Yeah. And then we went back in and tooled the stuff where where he was bombing and everything else. But it was uh, we did a twelve hour day. Um, the big crowd shots. It was twelve hours on a Saturday night. We had three different crowds come in, and Gary Cannon did crowd work for twelve hours. Oh, oh my god! Really? Unbelievable! That's a lot of he, he was the jokes. MVP of that of yeah. that day, and even same Cedric ten minutes for twelve hours. <laughs> 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 but Cannon, Cedric came stink. over to him afterwards and 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 like kissed the ring. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, man. That's you, know, great. you know who I thought did a really good job in that movie was uh, Alex Moffat. I thought oh. he, was, he was really good in there. Unbelievable. And you never know. You know, I, I could tell you guys off the air, like, who you're going to go to or whatever. And Moffat got the script for, I think, 72 hours before we're filming because we had somebody else in there. And he just dropped the ball and was kind of a, to be honest with you, ruined a friendship. Ooh, you know? really? But, really? but, but. But Moffat comes in, and we're negotiating. We're filming the first scene as Moffat and Jimmy, right? And I'm like, we got to lock this up. Moffat memorized his first day of lines on a red eye, got wow. in, came to set, crushed it. And it was one of those things where you write it, and it was kind of meant to be kind of like a like a Dalia, kind of like a, 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 a Dane Cook, kind of like a really energetic, right. kind of cocky guy. And Moffat came in and did something completely different and made the guy like really endearing. And we had to it's change It's funny because, because he comes off douchey, but you kind of like him. You kind of like him, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it was written to be douchey. It was written to be the first half of the film, like, this guy rocks. And then the back half of the film, seeing the headline, it's like, no, the guy that was ignoring you, that guy rocks. Yeah. That's, not the, that's not the path you want to travel. So what's the next movie about? Can you just tell us what it's the about? The next film is, um, so this is a true story. I, I came across this story years ago, and when the opening act finished, uh, somebody reached out and said, what do you want to do next? And I was like, I, 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 this story's always bubbled around. It was a, uh, a guy who, a comic who masturbated in front of these two girls. <laughs> I heard that story. It was going on for a while. Well, Bobby could do that. That yeah, Bobby can produce that one. Um, no, this one. Uh, so Caltech, uh, you know, MIT, the West Coast, yeah. incredibly prestigious uh, university. Uh, the the guys on Big Bang Theory went to Caltech. Yeah. Real genius with Val Kilmer. That's Caltech. So they have a basketball program. They go winless for thirty years. Thirty years, they don't win a single I feel like game. I know this. Go ahead, tell and me. Uh, and a coach comes in and he's like, "I'm going to turn this basketball program around." It's his fr- of course he's going to think that, right? Yeah. He gets there, he realizes, "Oh my God, they're dressing kids that not only have never played basketball, 
They never played sports. <laughs> That's how bad the basketball program is. So he gets in, and the whole film's not, we're winning the championship. The whole film's not, we're going to the playoffs, guys. It is literally, can you guys just win one game? Right. Just win once. That's it. So the whole film is just getting a bunch of kids that are operated from the neck up. To flip it around and and use both heart and mind, right? And so that's the whole film. It's just the Steve. Biggest I don't know if you failure. told me about this before or if I have heard the story before, but I am familiar with the Caltech basketball. It was year. a viral Sports story. Illustrated <clears throat> story in two thousand eight. That's okay. when it happened. All right. And for years, I had been thinking about it and asking people about it. Ben Stiller tried it, and Disney tried it, and um, and. During COVID, like everybody else, you go to your closet, you open it up, and you uh, let's recollect, yeah. right? And the coach, Coach Oliver Esslinger, had always rebuffed everybody. He's like, nah, nah, nah. And COVID happens. He goes to his closet. He's like, maybe now is a good time to talk about it. And I happen to call like a month later. So I interviewed him for six months, took down a ton of notes, wrote the script over a course of another six months. And then, uh, wow, you know, just went out, cold called, knocked on doors, Cobbled together the financing, so we're we're ready to rock and roll. We're just waiting to. Uh, what do you envision uh, me as? Uh, am I a bouncer? Am I <laughs> the uncoordinated center of the? I'm probably too old to be a Caltech student. Yeah, I don't know if we're. <laughs> <laughs> My driving the team bus. I'm from. I'm ready for any of those roles. I'd have to go through the through the rolodex of characters and look at it. Right. Um, but but there's always room to find. I something. mean, there's got to be a bully to beat up the nerds too. What's that? There's got to be a bully to beat up the nerds. Oh, there's there's plenty of those. Yeah, so I'll be fine. I'll be the bully. <laughs> this is Bad News Bears, Revenge of the Nerds, all of it. Well, the, the, you can't have a nerd without having that bully in it. So I'm I'm, I'm yes. like to put myself up for that. Well, yeah, we have we have the their rivals, and uh, we could do something there. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Do you know, I I, have, I don't know if I ever told you. I talk about it we're on the filming air. it in Serbia, though. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, you guys travel. You guys travel there. <laughs> My agent called me before we did Sullivan and Son, and he goes. Uh, how much are you getting paid for this? And I yeah. go, we're not getting paid for this. I go, we're fortunate enough to be out out there and hanging out there. And he goes, no, no, you're getting paid for this. And I go, <laughs> Tony, I'm, he goes, give me somebody's number. I go, Tony, I'm like, I don't want any. Yeah. You're embarrassing me. You're ruining it. Yeah. I don't want any money. I didn't understand that everybody's getting paid because it's a, like a union thing or whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm driving in Ralphie May's BMW. He's out of town. I'm staying at his house. I'm driving his BMW, and the phone rings, and it's Central Casting. It comes up yeah. on my phone, and I go, hello? And the lady goes, hi, is this Michael? And I go, yes. And she goes, I'm calling from Central Casting. I need your Social Security number. I go, for what? She yeah. goes, so I can get you paid. I go, I got paid for that? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. And I go, how much did I get? And she goes, I'm not allowed to tell you over the phone. I go, yeah. Can I, I go, can I buy a boat? And she goes, you can get yourself a dinghy. <laughs> Dude, that was the greatest thing. That lady made me laugh so hard. That I was going to be like, just keep the money. But yeah, you know, that was so much fun. And, and that was uh, the thing. Of, like, so many of the New York comics gave me guff. Like Bobby, yeah. like Sherrod, and a bunch of Godfrey. They're like, yo, why did you ever put me in here? Because I was like, if I called you and said, hey, you got to fly from New Click. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, They would hang up on me right there. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you get a day rate or you get the, the, the union rate for the day. But I can't. We didn't have in the. But we're on TBS in the summer. It's like I can't fly you in, get you car service, and then put you up at the Four yeah. Seasons, which is what yeah. you think would, would oh, be happening. Oh, we kept. I remember we kept busting your balls. And we kept going. Well, Steve, where will our trailer be? What yeah. you, you're like you're not yeah. getting a trailer. <laughs> uh, that day, I want to tell you this. Uh, that day was one of the best days of my life because we were out there and. Um, uh, 
uh, it wasn't the time that, that you and I were there. It was another time where I was in L.A. You were, you were visiting. And the nicest guy in the world, Steve Byrne, calls me and says, hey, if I see you're in L.A. If you want to come out to the set. And I go, well, I got these radio corporate douchebags. I mean, you were like, bring them. Yeah. I was like, all right. And we went and they got to meet the guy from the Big Bang Theory and everybody was so happy. But you gave me the golf cart and I'm standing in front of you know the little the little city area where the clock tower is. And yeah. Gotham's, and uh, I get a phone call from my agent and he says, after months of negotiating with this company that we just reached the negotiation, we reached the final number. And it was the oh, number wow. that we wanted. I was like, this is the best day of my life. I'm sitting here in the middle of the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, driving around on a golf cart, yeah. I just get this phone call. I was like, this is awesome. You'll always be tied into my best day ever. It's so funny when you when you get those phone calls. I remember when, and by the way, I'm flattered to be a part of yeah. that memory. <laughs> I, uh, I remember I was at a strip mall in Houston when I found out Sullivan and Son was going. Oh, really? And there's a Jersey Mike's there. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I thought about it years ago. I'm like, why do I love Jersey Mike so? And I'm like, <laughs> I go back and I'm like, why. God, that's yeah. why. Yeah, You're bro. like, hey, go ahead with the extra cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just got bacon. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. This is Steve Byrne. You can see him at Side Splitters this weekend. This is the problem with Steve is that we're friends with him, so we like to talk to him and we just get in conversation. But Steve is a hilarious stand up comic. He's going to be doing two shows tonight, 8 and 10 15, Saturday, 8 and 10 30, and then Sunday at 7 o'clock. You can go to 960 1197 or get tickets online, pick your seats, and the whole deal at sidesplitterscomedy.com. And uh, Steve will get to the point where his movies will take off and he won't come on the show anymore. <laughs> no. And although we don't want it to happen, we look forward to that happening. Yeah, that, that, that'd be nice. But I remember last time I, I did the show, your mom came. Uh, to your show? Yeah. She won't be at this show. Yeah. She I... died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I brought that up. It's okay because you're... Oops. Remi- you reminded me she did. She died earlier this week. But, uh, I mean, earlier this year. But oh, you did God. remind me... Damn it. Of, uh, <laughs> and now you'll be tied to that. Yep. <laughs> 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 I'll see myself. Did you guys validate? We're, we're, oh, no. Remember when we were 30 seconds away from going to break and Steve Byrne uh, brought up? Guys, yeah. you want to talk about the Holocaust for a few minutes? <laughs> well, I oh, do want to no. talk about your mom because that video you made with oh your mom God, about yeah. the Oppenheimer thing, yeah. that was. I, how do you not know that your mother was a part of that? Well, I had no idea. She, we never, we never, there was never uh, an inlet to discuss that. I have let my children know about every minor tragedy that's happened in my life. <laughs> I want them to know that I've suffered at, in my life. Right. How does she not tell you about Hiroshima? Well, here's the great thing about my mom. She's Korean and like even my dad, like, like they're a generation that never complain. Whereas like nowadays you just go on your phone. Everybody's complaining because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. a victim. Right. But it's like. I'm going to see Oppenheimer because I read all the reviews and even so Kim, Jong, Kim Jong-un said uh, it's the feel-good movie this summer. <laughs> so I had to go see it. But I go to see it. And I'm taking my dad. My mom's there. And I'm like, Mom, you want to go see this movie? She's like, ah, it's too long. And she's like, we're eating dinner. She's like, you know, I was in Hiroshima. <laughs> during, just out of the, just, I'm like, what? Yeah. No clue. And she's like, yeah, we were, we're in Hiroshima. And my my parents saw the leaflets because the, the military dropped leaflets everywhere. Letting them know that it was coming. And she said that they crawled into a cave. The whole family crawled in the cave. She's she's the youngest and um, waited it out, basically. In the, they, they went up in the mountains with other townspeople from Hiroshima. And the bomb hits. They knew it hit. And they were all scared and they're waiting and waiting and waiting and, you know, just like, all right, I guess we should go out at some point. The, the doors that were 
covering the the mountain were blasted off, and they came out, and she said it was like a movie. Oh like my you would God. come out and you see bodies just and body parts and people crawling around and like zombies, and you're just like, oh my God. So if I ever was like in a DeLorean, that's my enchantment under the sea dance. It's uh, Hiroshima uh, would be my, my enchantment. I, let, I ran out of gas once when I was 19. Mm-hmm. I told my kids about that. I had to sit in the car with no air conditioning for 10 minutes. Uh, I cut my finger. <laughs> that was his Hiroshima. Yeah, I was you and my mom a, should form yeah. a bowling I'm team I'm just together. saying, I, mean, I was hanging a the... picture and I put a nail through the piece of my skin. It bled for five minutes. My kids know about that. <laughs> I tell my kid about every piece of pain I went through. I can't believe she didn't share that with you until your 40s. Yeah, and and it's only because there was a film I was going to see. I would right. have never have known that she survived the, the bombing in Hiroshima. I would have been like, Steve, go clean your room. Ma, Hiroshima! <laughs> I would have just yelled, I've been in Hiroshima, go clean your room. <laughs> I didn't right, fall into a cave right, for right. you to talk back. Right. Right. Yeah. This reminds me of the body parts <laughs> I had to step over when I walked through your room. Well, when I, the bomb went off in the movie, I was like... USA. Yeah. <laughs> USA, USA, USA. Nobody else joined in though. Uh, go see Steve Burnett Side Spurs this weekend. It's always great to see you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, where are you living here still at all? Or no, am I living here? No, yeah, I, I moved you were to Nashville. I was here temporarily and moved to Nashville. But I love Florida. I love yeah, Tampa. Steve is. Uh, your family's here though. Are your parents, my folks right? are yeah. here. My brothers here. Uh, you should oh, call him. Will, I'll call him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great to see you, and uh, I, good luck with the next project, with the next movie, because I, I really think no, that I, you I'll have... Honestly, I'll, I haven't said that to anybody, but I'll, I'll, I'll hold... Oh, we have it on tape. We'll sue you. Yeah. If yeah. Happen, <laughs> I'm sure I'll goes. get the phone call. Yeah. Nerds! Uh, <laughs> We're ready. Uh, and we are done for the weekend. Don't forget, tomorrow we got the uh, Bud Light Ultimate Country Tailgate happening outside of the uh, Chris Stapleton George Strait Show. I will be out there starting at uh, 2 to 5 p.m. tomorrow. Dude, George Strait, he's in the news. Did you know that? He, he said he's taking old songs from the catalog and re-recording them from a younger generation. He's starting off with this country classic. All my exes have changed their sexes. <laughs> oh! oh bang. Bang. Save, Save it for the stage. Yeah. Save it for there the we stage. go. All weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're out. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Shoot that thing, fat baby. Go smash your fruit in the hall. I cried a little bit. When you <laughs> call me a monkey. <laughs> You're funny. I love you, Spanish. Check your panties. God.
come down for moose soup after. I don't even know. How do I uh, make something funny? I don't even. Can you can you can you hear that whistle? Yeah, Next time you lose, you lose. Fatty McFat Fat. Show daddy your mean face. Ooh, so scared, chubby wubby. Genius! That's it. It's over. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to the Mike Caltus Show. Want to know what's up in the world? Well, put down those Funyuns and listen to John's Joints. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.